Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. It's the Cincinnati Reds 10, the Cleveland Indians 3. Well, that escalated quickly. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I thought it was going to be a good game yesterday. I thought things were starting well for the Cleveland Indians. I thought we were hitting Jeff Hoffman hard. And then, oh my God, things just imploded. Things just, the Reds just went off in the third inning, and the Indians pitching had no answers. Just no answers. Now, the Reds, so far this season, have loved hitting in their home ballpark. They are absolutely destroying the ball when they're at home. When the Reds are at home, their batting average is 321 with a 1.001 OPS. They've scored 67 runs at home so far. Now that's in seven games, 282 plate appearances. On the road, six games, 217 plate appearances. They've only scored 18 runs. They're batting 206 with a 612 OPS. At home, 67 runs. On the road, 18 runs. They are destroying the ball in Great American Ballpark. And the Indians felt their fury yesterday, especially in that seventh inning. All right, so let's get into it. Let's break it down as best we can because a game like this, you almost can't explain. And there's no better visual representation of this than when Logan Allen gives up a hit to Jeff Hoffman to get that scoring going in the third inning. And he throws his hands up in the air like, what? How? There's no better visual representation than the look on Logan Allen's face right there. Because it's not like Logan Allen was pitching bad. So if you go over to the Illustrator on Baseball Savant and you look at the results of the pitches that Logan Allen threw, the single to Jeff Hoffman was a good couple inches in off the plate. He threw, he, Logan Allen loves throwing it. He loves throwing his fastball in and tight to those right-handed hitters. And he got it in up under the elbows. And Hoffman still figures out a way to pop it out into center field. And exit velocity was only 65.1. It's the definition of a bloop single. And that's why he makes that face. The next batter, uh, Jesse Winker. Again, a fastball in. This time at the belt but still a couple inches off the plate into Jesse Winker. He gets a little more of the ball, but still not much, and he singles out to the outfield and brings in the next set of runs. So, uh, yeah, the the one to Castellanos that he really roped, that was 101 exit, exit velocity. That one was on the plate. That one did not get as far in as Logan Allen wanted, but that's it. Logan Allen only gave up three singles yesterday. He gave up three hits yesterday in the third inning, and it was already out of control. It was, it was our, They were going first to third on us like crazy. All right, let's run down that. that uh, I mean, listen to this. Listen to this third inning. So a fielding error by uh, Jose Ramirez starts the inning. He hits Tyler Stevenson uh, and then gives up the single to Jeff Hoffman. There was a pass ball in there, I believe, so they were on second and third. The single, the run comes in. They're now first and third. Jesse Winker singles, 
uh, Hoffman goes all the way to third, so they're first and third again. Castellanos singles, they're first and third again. Suarez doubles, both runs come in. Suarez goes all the way to third, and then Joey Votto, who has been in a slump, like the Cincinnati Papers and the Cincinnati fans are all worried about Joey Votto, and he's in a slump, and he gets a home run. Uh, yeah, to end the uh, kind of end the threat. A home run always kills the threat. It feels like a home run always ends a rally. Uh, you, you very rarely. I don't know what the data is on this. Someone with some really advanced stats would have to dig into the data on this. But I feel like uh, the odds of a rally re- reigniting after a home run are very low. Uh, yeah, and then Tyler. St- Stevenson is caught stealing uh, to end the inning. I think while Tyler Stevenson was up, Kyle Farmer was caught stealing. So uh, he, you don't run on Roberto Perez, but it doesn't even seem fun at that point. At that point, we're down seven to one. So yeah, that inning got ridiculously, ridiculously out of control. Now, when Phil Maiden comes in, Maiden was putting the ball in the middle of the plate. Like Logan Allen has a reason to throw his hands up and go, what? What the hell was going on? Phil Maiden does not. Phil Maiden puts a uh, the curveball that Eugenio Suarez was right down the plate. Uh, was it a curveball? Yeah, a curveball. I'm telling you, uh, at the thighs, right in the middle of the plate. He's asking for that to get hit. And then the fastball to Joey Votto that he crushes for the home run again, right down the middle of the plate. So yeah. Phil Maiden has no one to blame but himself there. He was leaving the ball definitely, definitely right down the middle. So, I mean, in a day, the Indians were hitting the ball so hard to start this game. In fact, the top five exit velocities are all Cleveland Indians hitters. Let's look at the top exit velocities for the entire game. The Indians have the top seven hardest hit balls, mostly off of Jeff Hoffman. Um, even Votto's home run uh, was only the uh, 13th hardest hit ball of the game. And uh, the Indians do have a lot of hits to show for those hard hit balls. They just don't have a lot of runs. Um, those guys were getting on, and then we just could not bring them in. I mean, in the first inning, we don't do anything. Of course we don't do anything in the first inning. In the second inning, Ahmed Rosario does get his home run. Naylor doubles, but then two strikeouts follow that, including intentionally walking Jake Bowers to bring up the pitcher Logan Allen. So the double does nothing. In the third inning for the Indians, they actually had a little rally going, uh, a single to lead off the inning, then a lineout by Cesar Hernandez at 107.2 mile per hour lineout, a 740 expected batting average. Jose Ramirez walks, Eddie Rosario flies out, Ahmed Rosario walks, bases loaded for Josh Naylor who weakly flies out to center field. Uh, so, yeah, so we had guys on. We had chances. We had bases loaded. I mean, we could have had the beginning. We had bases loaded in the top of the third, and we let it go. We let the opportunity go, and there it is. That's that's They, they take the game in the third inning. Uh, in the fourth, we even had a chance to try to make a little comeback. Roberto Perez strikes out. Jake Bauer singles. Ben Gamble pinch hitting gets his first hit of the season, a, a ground rule double. Uh, and then Andres Jimenez flies out and Cesar Hernandez grounds out to end the threat. So not you know nothing there. 
no chance there. So yeah, so we had guys on, we had opportunities early, and we let it go. We let too many opportunities go, and man, an inning like that seventh inning, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, Hoffman's single, even though it was a 65-mile-per-hour exit velocity, had an expected batting average of 900. He just, that's a bloop single, man. You can't do anything about that. You can't, that's why he throws his hands in. What can you do about that? A 65-mile-per-hour exit velocity, but an expected batting average of 900. Wow. Uh, Jesse Winker's single uh, only had an expecting average, expected batting average of .07. So, again, what can you do? I mean, that's, that's a ball that would normally never go for a hit. So, yeah. Crazy, absolutely crazy inning, crazy game uh, from the Indians, from the Reds. I, I can't even blame Logan Allen. Uh, he was, he did start to miss a little bit. Um, he did start to miss a little bit with his pitches. Uh, if we go back over to the Illustrator and we take a look at his pitch types, he was missing down, especially. With the slider, he could not put the slider in the zone after a while. Uh, he was missing with the changeup down. This is from the catcher's view, it would be down at the left. So the lefty crossing the plate, the fastballs were missing down and away or down and into the right-handed hitters. So, yeah, so he was throwing a lot of pitches down there in that zone. Um, so maybe then when he brings a fastball up, you know, they have a chance to hit it. If he's a little more consistent with some of those breaking balls and those off-speed pitches, maybe they're not as aggressive against the fastball, but it did seem like he just lost it in the third inning. And we kind of saw the opposite in his last start. In his last start, he was wild in the first, maybe the second inning, and then seemed to settle into a groove. In this one, he actually came out and pitched really well in those first two innings. You thought he was going to cruise this game, and it just all fell apart. So, yeah, so that's what went down in this game. Uh, the rest of the bullpen did not do good. Maiden had one inning, two hits, two earned runs, a strikeout, and a home run given up. Uh, Quantrill, two innings, two earned runs, two hits, three walks for Quantrill. Um, kept the ball in the yard, but it didn't do much. Trevor Steffen, two innings, four hits. He actually seemed to work around those hits with because he also had four strikeouts. He did give up the solo home run. That was the one earned run. So not a terrible outing by Trevor Steffen, who again is being asked to you know eat some innings here. And then Oliver Perez has the best outing of anyone. But at that point, I mean, it's the bottom of the eighth inning of a game that's well, well out of hand at that point. It was 10 to 1 at that point. So I don't think that we were getting their best effort. But he strikes out two on only 10 pitches for Oliver Perez. Uh, Hoffman... Goes six innings. I think they said it's the first time in his Reds career he goes more than five innings. Gives up seven hits, but only one earned run. He did walk three. So that's ten guys on base. Only one earned run. Four strikeouts. And uh, the one home run allowed. 91 pitches. He's credited with giving up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hard hit balls. Nine balls of 95 plus exit velocity. You should not give up nine hard hit balls and only have one run to show against you. That's 
that's just crazy. That's crazy that the, that's the way the ball bounced yesterday, that that's the way it went for the Indians yesterday. I mean, the Indians are credited with 9, 10, 14, 17 hard-hit balls yesterday off of Reds pitching. They only hit off of us 5, 10, 17 to 10 when it comes to hard-hit balls, and they have 10 runs to show for it, and we have three. I, I could keep going through this any way you want, and uh, it's still going to be ridiculous how that game went down yesterday. Uh, looking at the Indians' offense, a little bit here and there from everybody. Uh, you know, the top three in the order all did have a hit eventually. Uh, Ahmed Rosario has the solo home run in the second inning. Uh, you know, you thought things were going well when Ahmed Rosario hit that and Naylor doubles. It just never turned into anything more. Naylor did have three hits on the day. He was three for four with a double. He's got his batting average up to 273, but only a 652 OPS. So that's that should be higher, right? We need Naylor to have a little bit of power. I don't think Naylor has a home run yet on the season. Nothing from Roberto Perez yesterday. Jake Bowers does go one for two with that intentional walk. Uh, yeah, and oh, Jordan Luplo. Jordan Luplo homers off a right-handed pitcher. That's right, in the ninth inning, first pitch swinging, Luplo golfs one out to left field off of a right-handed pitcher. That was pretty incredible. Uh, Luplo's hitting 250 now with a 1,000 OPS. Uh, I mean, I don't want to see Luplo out there every day, but he he's kind of hitting right now. So, yeah, uh, that's, I guess, I guess if I have to give somebody MVP for the day, it doesn't feel like anybody really earned it yesterday. I guess I'll go Josh Naylor, three for four on the days. Got his average up to 273, uh, including that double. So good job, Josh Naylor, right? I mean, it's a pretty rough day to try to hand out MVP for the day. The Indians just cannot score in the early innings. It is so rough in the early innings. Uh in the first inning so far this season, and baseball reference is updated to yesterday's game, in the first inning, they are hitting 178 with a 502 OPS. They've only scored four runs in the first inning, and that's only came in two games. That's only in two games. Once against Detroit, they scratched a run across against the first in that first series, and then against Kansas City, they scored three runs in a first inning. That's the one where Fermil Reyes hit the two-run home run. They only scratched across four runs. Uh, in the second inning, they've done a, a slightly better. They're 216 hitters in the second inning. They've scored seven runs. The third inning is brutal, 186. Fourth inning, 191 batting average. Fifth inning, they got their first hit ever in the fifth inning yesterday. Well, ever. In this short season, they got their first hit ever. They're hitting 026 in the fifth inning. They finally come alive in the 6th and then the 8th. In the 6th, they're hitting 280. In the 7th, only 224. In the 8th, they're hitting 275. In the ninth, 219. So, yeah, it is, uh, it is pretty rough to start the game. I guess we're doing okay against bullpens, that means. I, I don't know. We're chasing pitchers in the 6th inning. Uh, so, yeah, the 6th inning is so far has been our inning. That is brutal. And then if you look at the pitching side of this, now this is mostly Zach, I hate to say it, but this is mostly Zach Plesak's fault. Uh, In the first inning against our pitching, uh, 
Opposing teams are hitting 362 with a 1.034 OPS. That's insane. They've scored 14 runs against us in the first inning. Now, this is mostly due to last night. In the third inning, they are now hitting 234 against us, but with an 868 OPS. And then we've given up 12 runs in the third inning. When your team's not scoring to start the game and their team is, that's a really bad recipe. That makes for a really, really tough uh, approach to winning baseball games. So those are not good splits. That is pretty rough for the Cleveland Indians. I mean, that's really all you can say about that game yesterday. It's the kind of game that you just got to swallow, put behind you, and move on tomorrow. And, you know, uh, who said it the other day? Um, Savali was interviewed in the post game and said, you know, we're pros. Stuff doesn't bother us. We come to the ballpark every day, ready to work. So they got a chance today. It's a 4 o'clock game. It's a little bit of a quick turnaround, a late afternoon game. And then we got a day game on Sunday. So we'll see. We'll see if today they can put it behind them, come out. They should have McKenzie on the mound going against Sonny Gray. And uh, we don't know what we're going to get from Gray. It's his first game back off of injury. So you have no clue what you're going to get. And then Sunday, they finally announced it's going to be Bieber against Miley. So, uh, yeah, I mean, are we taking this Ohio Cup serious or not, right? Are we taking it serious or not? I know it's kind of ridiculous, but as ridiculous as it is, it's also kind of fun, right? (laughs) These stupid little trophies, uh, for some reason, in, in a silly way, you're like, oh, yeah, there is a trophy for this thing. There's a silly trophy for this series between the Reds and the Indians every year. It's like when Ohio State plays Illinois in football, and they've got that turtle trophy, the Illy Buck trophy. Have you heard of this? There's a trophy for the football game between Ohio State and Illinois. Why? I don't know. Was this a rivalry at some point? I literally don't know the history of it, but I do know there's a silly little trophy. Uh, What is it? When Minnesota plays somebody, there's an axe, like Paul Bunyan's axe is a silly little trophy. Obviously, this seems like a thing in college football uh, more than any other sport, but we have one in Major League Baseball. I I can't think. I don't think the the Mets and the Yankees in the Subway Series have a silly little trophy. You know, I don't think the Dodgers and the Padres, who had an incredible game last night. If you wanted to watch the best baseball game of the night, it was the Padres and the Dodgers who ended up going to extra innings. They could not stop scoring in the last few innings of the game and just going back and forth against each other. So, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of cool that we have the Ohio Cup, right? In, in a silly little way, it's kind of fun. So come on, boys. Go out there and get that Ohio Cup back. Let's go. All right, I hope they listened to my motivational speech there. I hope that inspires them to come out today and play some good baseball. All right, that's all my thoughts. Uh, Yeah, let's just run it back again today, right? Let's run it back and see what we can do. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we can score in the first inning. Maybe, just maybe, Fermil Reyes will be in the lineup. I did not forget about that, by the way. Interesting lineup yesterday. He has Andres Jimenez lead off, gives him a chance to lead off. Uh, Ahmed Rosario starts in center field against a right-handed pitcher instead of Ben Gamble. Uh, and Naylor starts in right. So uh, I think Zach Meisel said that 
Fermil Reyes had been taking reps in, in right field and that Josh Naylor had been taking reps at first base. So we'll see. I mean, they didn't pinch hit Fermil yesterday because I think they were one of those things where it's like, look, we're giving the guy a day off, so and this game is out of hand, so let's just actually give him the day off. So I'm expecting Fermil Reyes to be in the lineup tonight. I'm expecting him to start in right field. How it'll go, I don't know. Can't go any worse than Josh Naylor's been out there, to be honest. So uh, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. He, he better be in the lineup tonight. Fermil better be in this lineup. All right, that's all my thoughts. Again, the final from Cincinnati. It was the Reds 10, the Indians 3. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Tristan McKenzie against Sonny Gray. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>